Welcome back, everybody. This is Context Free. This is Jason M. This is Jason K. And this is Context Free. Um, so we've been doing a lot of kind of different things. You, you've been playing Alto's Odyssey, which is a... Yeah, spring break this past week. Right. Um, so... You went camping. I went... Naturally. Went you, clamping. You went glamping. Yeah, we rented an RV and we, <laughs> we drove to the world's biggest hole in the ground. Oh. To the Grand Canyon. How was the, how was the hole? It was... I'd never been. It's, it's still there. It's still there. Hasn't it's, been filled in yet. It's definitely one of those things that that's wait. That's, you need to see. So that's still a national park, right? Okay, just check. You mean Ryan Zinke hasn't turned it no, into yeah, his personal toilet no, bowl yet? Yeah, no one's that is converted correct. it to. Okay, that is correct. Yes, they're they're although so funny. You should mention <laughs> they're on a on the the south. We're on the south rim because North Rim isn't isn't open during this time of year yet, um, and it's the south rim is where. You go. It's, I mean, it's the more popular side. That's, that's side, the right? place. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people. And when you walk west from the, the visitor center, um, there there's a whole, you can, basically that's the rim trail. So you don't go down, you can just walk level. Right. For And it goes for 10 or 12 miles. I mean, we, you know, we didn't. And then you could take a bus. So it's really convenient mm-hmm. for like a first kind of day out because you can go kind of as far as you want and there's bus stops pretty regularly. Uh, so, we, so we went out out there one day and on a couple of the points, right. Cause the, where they jut out and you can kind of look back a little bit. Right. And on one of those, they had the, whatever they call those, the signs, you know, the info, the info signs of the, telling you don't pee off the edge. No, not, fall. not the warning signs, but just more of like <laughs> the, the history of the, you know, like you have it, it natural places. Uh-huh. And one of them had a picture of, of, cause there was a uranium mine and a, uh, actually there, there's an old uranium mine and there was a accident and, and, I think it was in the eighties or, you know, there's uranium mine, like a collapsed accident or like you got, I think uranium uranium. was found. I think they found it in the Uh fifties. So there was uranium mining going on right there on the South rim of the Canyon. And the, the person that owned the, the mine had proposed that they didn't want their rights collapsed. So they had proposed building this hotel into the side of the Canyon. There is like a bargaining (laughs) chip of like, Hey, if you don't let us do what we want, we're going to build this hotel with our, Right. With our rights or whatever. Um, so this picture of what this hotel would look like right into the side of the canyon is, huh. it's kind of one of those things where you just scratch your head of like, this could be here, but it's it's a good thing it's, it's not. You right. Know? So. Everyone's happier this way. Yeah. So how did we start talking about Oh, that? gosh. We were talking about you glamping. And no, just I was how making, I got to the, I was making fun of the fact that you, you've been playing this game because you've been camping. So. No, that was the, did, that was the joke I was going for. It didn't succeed. No. I'm sure you, I'm sure you've noticed at this point. So we're talking about Alto's Odyssey, I believe, and you said you've been glamping, which is where you encountered Alto's Odyssey, or uh, no, just because I wasn't home to play any other console games Got or it. board games or, right, right. or anything like that. So um, it was just like it's kind of one of those things where you know before bed play something on your phone or got it or whatever um or when you're in the car for seven hours no i had to drive the, oh. the whole time because we had the, the not, rv so not be playing an iphone game while should you're not be, that's no. not a good thing no so alto's odyssey it's the sequel i guess to alto's adventure which i did not play um it's a lot like ski safari <laughs> which is it's an endless skier although this one you're skiing on sand the art direction in it is is really cool the score is is great. Um, it's just a real relaxing game. It's even got like a Zen mode where if you crash, you just keep going. And it's, it's pretty cool. Cause like there's, um, 
the 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 weather and everything changes kind of while you're going. So it's it's just it's just got a nice mood to it, and huh. it's it's just kind of a real relaxing game. It's one of those where you know you play, you crash, you start it over. You, if I'm sitting there for ten minutes, I'll probably end up playing a lot of times unless you then you finally get a big run going or something like that. So hmm. I haven't played a whole lot on iOS lately. I was you know really into a lot of games on on phone for for quite a bit where I would I tend to find something and really glom onto it and play right. a lot haven't done that a whole lot lately and um th- this is I don't know I don't I'm not sure how long this one will stick stick around the other one that I used to play a lot was Imbroglio I M B R O G L I O I played that daily probably for I don't know 6 7 months it was a lot of fun so you were embroiled in Imbroglio Imbro that one was a lot lower art direction like yeah. the other end of the spectrum but a really good game as well so those are those are just a couple quick wrecks on uh on you know the real fast did you did you did you play desert golf i can't remember never got into that never got into desert no, golf never no. saw the cactus i you showed it to me <laughs> yeah and uh I don't know. I probably could, but uh, yeah. So that's, yeah. Altos Odyssey, what have you been up to? Oh, I've been just playing VR games mainly. So Are you hooked? I'm I'm trying to figure it out is where I'm at. Uh, some of the games I really like and some of them I'm like, oh, someone got a dev kit and they sure. got to play around and they right. sold the game. Hooray. Right. Um, so, and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be vr you know what i mean sure. like it's just or maybe worse because it is yeah well, that's probably true i i just think a lot of it's like Sky, oh skyrim yeah well it's yeah i i didn't <laughs> i didn't play the original skyrim but the 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 set that i got came with the skyrim vr and that is just it's like it's just like they've stuck you into the game it's not like it's an elegant pretty mm-hmm wonderful experience and right yeah that's weird it's weird the idea of skyrim as vr is a lot cooler sounding as an idea than it in practice <laughs> in the five minutes that i tried it out yeah well so the vr controls are kind of not well built for that game mm-hmm. it's it's one of it's one of a couple that are it, it, that obviously folks were saying hey you know what we ought to do we'll just port this sure yeah and the controls are broken and yeah. Right. It's, Cause they can't, they can't port like a first person shooter cause that wouldn't work at all. So they're trying to think about immersive big worlds, right? Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm just, what I'm saying is they didn't spend a lot of money testing it mm-hmm. from what I can tell. Right. Like there are a lot of, that are actually broken. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, as opposed to just calling it broken because it's not the best experience or whatever. Sure. So. so let's uh start with the, with, the VR things and just give just kind of the, the one one like what's, what's well, the basics of, of where the technology's at um, and kind of what, you know, what, what interests you about it and what, and what you've been enjoying about it. At the end of the day, I'm excited for AR to be mature. Right. But that's not really a thing. So we've got VR now and I've, I've been putting off buying the PSVR for a while. Cause it seemed Start, a little, but, but what, how, how do you get into it? What, what is it? What's the experience like? Just what's the basics? Virtual reality. Yep. You, 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 you the VR, and I'm going to focus on the PlayStation version of this. Cause I haven't been willing to basically buy an Oculus or, mm-hmm. or, or look at the other experiences that, have me kind of buying into products and services I'm not excited about. Um, so basically, you 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 take your PlayStation, 
whether it's a pro PlayStation pro or just a regular PlayStation and you buy a, a PSR, basically a PSVR helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get a camera and the camera watches you dance around like a crazy person with your crazy helmet on. Like um, the Kinect did. Yeah. In, like, in a similar type thing, I'm guessing. Similar. That I don't think it has kind of the depth of field okay. sort of stuff. So Connect, one of the things that Connect did was kind of it, it measured you and it could track your entire body. Mm. Um, this camera, I think, is really kind of focused on the other devices you can buy, right? So okay. it'll watch the controller. So you can kind of, kind of wave the controller around, the standard PlayStation controller, and it'll kind of track that in space. Along so it's with tracking the, the controllers control. in your hands and it's tracking the helmet on mm-hmm. your head. So yeah. it's, it's getting that. That relative positioning. Well, so, and then you can buy the move controllers, right? If, if you don't get one with the kit, right? So the move controllers are the kind of ice cream cones that you wave around. Okay. Right. Two, two things on a stick, but you can just, so you're using these instead of, instead of, um, sometimes having a normal, uh, what do they call the control? The dual shock or yeah. whatever it yeah. is. I don't... Right. So you're not using that. You, you are. You can't. Oh, no, you can't. No. You can't. So, so there's, there's kind of three different controller schemes. You have the regular controller. Mm-hmm. You have the two little snow cones, which are the move controllers. Move controllers, all right. Um, and then you have a thing called the PlayStation IR, the, what, the PS AIM, the AIM controller. Okay. Uh, which is really kind of a, a rifle You have this? Controller. I do. Okay. And I mostly like it a lot more than I thought I would, but it's really constrained to, I have like five or six specific rifle games right like <laughs> as opposed to the snow cones which you can use for swinging swords or hand representation so i, I so I think, so you're holding this this aim this rifle and yeah. as you bring it up into your field of vision and the helmet you're seeing your hands or you know, your virtual hands yeah i haven't i haven't so let's let's with that uh peripheral yet yeah so let's just back up for a second um so the whole point of vr right is that you're in a virtual reality Mm -hmm. um and i haven't shown it to many people and but you know based on youtube videos and everything else i think everyone's experience is they they get into vr and they suddenly realize hey wait a minute I'm in a different space, right? You, 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 people seem to have this reaction where they're, they kind of think they know what it is and then they put it on and they experience it. And instead of just having a screen around them, they're in this 360 world where, you know, you can kind of look around and things have depth mm-hmm. and, you know, each of your eyes is tracking different things. So you move your head around and things move just like they do in normal space or in a close approximation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so the, the experience is that you're, you know, you're, you're kind of in a different space visually with a much kind of narrower field of view. So you notice that you could look down and you could still see your feet. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when, when you put it on, you're like, Hey, I can still see my feet. I'm just, and I told you to wait a second. Mm-hmm. And so you stopped kind of paying attention to that peripheral vision. Once the rest that, that world that you could see, uh, showed up. And so the, the big problem with this tech has other than making it work at all, uh, has always been, it makes people freaking nauseous. Mm-hmm. Um, that's certainly been my fear. <laughs> well, so I don't get car. Do you get car sick? Do you ever get car sick? Um, if I read, absolutely. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like that, that sort of classic car. Sick. Like, I'm not going to throw up in the car, but that's just sort of like, I f- feel terrible sort you, of you, feeling. You don't feel great. Right? You don't feel good. I also don't. Um, I don't do well. I'm fine on like roller coasters, but I don't do well on, on rides that just spin you in a circle constantly. I okay. get vertigo pretty bad from that. I don't have any like fear of heights or anything, but spinning in a circle, I get, I get really dizzy and just really uncomfortable. 
I think some people are a lot more sensitive to kind of that vertigo effect. But I was going to say, but that's not the reason why VR has frightened me. The reason it frightens me is because um, playing first-person shooters on a PC, <laughs> I can't do. So I can't play like a, like a Counter-Strike or Half-Life right. at all. Right. Not because I suck at shooting, but because I like it makes me sick to to sit there and do it. I can do it from a couch, but that that close. And so I don't I don't I haven't played the VR stuff at your place enough to to really know what it would be for like an extended amount of time. Sure. But as much as I think a game, I always thought games like Half Life were really cool. I I just physically can't play them because they make me super dizzy. Sure. So I'm I'm terrible at FPSs. Just for the record. Um not that I'm proud of it. I'm just, I'm like, you're just stating, I, I'm just, I'm not good at it. And then most of them want you to play online and then you're being cussed out by children. And then I'm just not entertained. Um, so the, 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 the reason why I bring it up is it's like one of the big challenges of the medium, instead of your eyes and your kind of motion in your ears and everything tracking exactly to re to reality or mm -hmm. you're, you're suddenly in, kind of in a different space. And so if you move around in certain ways in that virtual world, that will trigger this, this kind of bodily reaction. Um, and so most games do things like if you are a person that roams around, which um, you're not necessarily, mm -hmm. um, then you pivot it at kind of jumps. So if you turn left, you jump like 90 degrees or 30 degrees or something mm -hmm. in kind of like a flash. And, and there are a number of these style. Um, what's the, what's the design word for. You're talking about a heads up display. No, 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 no okay. there's a design term for okay. like not call to action is for example, is a design term, oh, but there's also okay. a design term for like, things that you can grab a hold of and, and, um, things, affordance? and affordances. Yeah. So there, there are, numbers. <laughs> I feel like we're playing $10,000 pyramid there. Sometimes <laughs> I don't know where the words are and they affordance. don't. Okay. Next clue. Next clue. <laughs> um, so there are all these kind of little design affordances and, and experiments that I feel like the community is making as they try to figure out this new medium, right? Uh -huh. Because like people have been talking about VR forever, but until you try to do it, you don't know what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that kind of anti-nausea mechanisms are kind of key. And so some of the earlier games will let you turn them off. And I tried that and it went badly and I don't get motion sick. Okay. Right. Like, so for example, um, what is it? Rise of the Tomb Raider has a, a, a VR sequence in it, right. Um, where you can kind of roam around Lara Croft's mansion and look around uh, and it, it's, it's one of those, here's 75 widgets, you know, where you can change the number of yep. degrees you turn off or, or, sorry, you can change the VR experience a lot, right? So you can change it so I you see. can kind of run around like Counter-Strike or something. Okay. And you immediately, <laughs> immediately kind of get, um, so, that nausea reaction. So it's like a playground of where you can turn the, the, the tune, the knobs and such to kind of get the right experience for right. you in a, in it, a it gives safe you environment sort of it obviously gives you more controls to turn off and on than is probably wise like okay because <laughs> if it makes if it makes it if it gives me kind of a nausea reaction then that's terrible yeah. um because 
I'm the last person that usually gets those reactions. So, but yeah, so that's one of the early games was uh, just kind of. So so far, we've established that VR has a strong connection to nausea. So let's move (laughs) on to why someone would actually want to subject themselves. What's the what's the good stuff? Some of it's kind of neat. So So what's the good stuff? So so Res Infinite, I think, is is a is is one of the older games that's actually good. It's called Res Infinite. Oh sure. So um, have have you seen that in another kind of a video game? I played Res on the old Xbox. Okay, and you flew. So did you fly around and what was, what was res like on the old Xbox? As I recall, it was like kind of like a rails shooter, like a sort of a trippy rail on rails okay. type of shooter this right? is, where you, you'd kind of be quote unquote flying by and, and trying to hit different targets and such. Okay. Right? It, it's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're this kind of third person view where you're, you're flying this little body around, mm-hmm. um, but it's very I don't know, like 1990s cyberpunk slash. Right, right. It had it had its own trippy, art, yeah, art style to it. Yeah, very stylistic. But it's all it's everything's like little bitty. I keep saying like a lot. Everything's little small kind of pixels or, or mm-hmm. made out of dust, and you're flying around, right. and, and it's it's all dance music. It's that is really fun in VR, but you're kind of diving through space. It's kind of like um, if you were playing Geometry Wars first person or something. inside of it. Yeah, inside of Geometry yeah. Wars. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I. I thought that game was really fun, just from a <laughs> Res Infinite. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if you've ever played or if you've ever been like a, you've ever been a fan of the the cyberpunk stuff or just that yeah. that kind of eighties nineties Ready Player One. Ready Player One, <laughs> which I haven't seen yet. So that's good. Um, I think st- Static is. Static is another game. Yeah, S T A T I K. So Static with a K. Um, I like the conceit of this game a lot. I'm not sure it needs to be VR, but it's quite fun. So these are like your top picks so far. Of, uh, yeah. Of what you found. So I'm Res just, Infinite, Static. Well, I, so they're really completely different. So the whole the whole conceit of Static is it's it's kind of a a portal situation where you're you're stuck in a lab and people are testing you, right? Um, and so Static. You use the regular PlayStation DualShock controller, mm-hmm. but you can't see your hands. Your hands in the game are are in a box, and you can kind of wave the box around, which is waving the controller around. Okay. And there are all sorts of little puzzles on the box, which you manipulate by touching all the buttons and, mm. and everything else on the controller and sliding it around. It's a really weird puzzle game. Where- okay, so it's a puzzle game yeah like and, like the witness kind of i mean i'm not saying no it's like, but it's, no it's, it's like like portal like there's a okay. creepy lab guy who's okay. there like mm, i'm going to see if you're going to solve the puzzle now you know okay. it's very okay. weird um but you know it's it's one another, as opposed to the witness where it's like here yeah here's he, random things here, just go like go figure out this world i don't know what's happening right now i move these things and this thing over i here. just want to say i'm so mad at myself for putting that game down because i don't know if i can get back into it and oh I, yeah, and I thought it was really something. I'm, I'm, but, I was enjoying it a lot, and now I'm done. I can't. I don't, there's no way I'm picking that game up. I, I, I feel like all the things I learned are, are gone. That would be <laughs> that would be a good one for VR, wouldn't it? It would be interesting. I, you know, I mean, because it's it's got this pretty atmospheric island world, and right. You know, I, I mean, would, I don't know how much it would add, but it'd be cool. Well, there are a lot of those kind of experience games in VR specifically. Yeah. So there are a lot of things like the, one of the big ones that at launch was Batman's Arkham okay. VR experience okay. or Arkham, Arkham VR, I think. Um, and everyone criticized the heck out of it, but it's really kind of an experience game where, you know, you're 
waving your your uh, motion controllers so the ice cream cone controllers around and you're Batman, right? And so you walk in front of reflections and stuff and you can kind of see your Batman doing mm. Batman things. What about, um, wouldn't like the, the Telltale games work well in this? Because, you know, you, you're not doing this I mean, it's kind of like scenes and you could look mm-hmm. around and mm-hmm. it would just be more immersive and maybe the dialogue could be more immersive in, in terms of how that's handled. I mean, would would those style of adventure games uh, adapt well, do you think? So I don't know. I mean, part of the fun of VR is kind of looking around and seeing these these new in- environments. And um, I don't know. The, I don't know if the set pieces in those, in those games would really well, work let, super well. Let me ask you what, if if you could have a, a wish of like okay this this just appears on your console, well done and tested. What what game or experience would you would you oh, want? Like what I, would be your number? I, one I have wish? no idea. Right now, I'm really enjoying Moss, which I which I think we mentioned last time because you, you tried it right. And the the conceit of Moss is you are a reader and you're helping this little mouse go through this little mouse um, go through a nature woodland. Yeah, uh, with, sort of thing with a sword and. It's very uh, uh, and... uh, Redwall. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a... it's like that. Mice and Mystics in the board game world, Redwall and yeah. books. It's like that type of. But thing. but you you're kind of stationary, right? So you're sitting there, and mm-hmm. then you manipulate said mouse in space. So sure, conceivably, that's one of those games that you could do maybe without VR, but it's really satisfying and kind of you can you know stand up and look down on the world and try to figure out where to run the mouse. Was around. it just me, or do you find that the just sort of the the visual resolution in the VR is like not as good as of course. Yeah. It's okay. definitely not as good. Okay, so, it, it, uh, Skyrim was where it really stood <laughs> out to me where I was like, this looks grainy as hell. Like this just doesn't well, look so, good. So, so you should, we should get you to play something else. So, so Skyrim is not great in VR for a couple of reasons. One, the, all the textures and everything else aren't kind of meant to be seen. Okay. Like you're not, they're, they're meant to be seen on a screen and it's an older sort of thing. So Skyrim's not, that great um but you got to think about what's happening so instead of having one big screen with a whole crap ton of pixels you have kind of two little screens right and then something else is also projected on your regular screen so the the the, all these kind of crappy old hdmi wires that we have right they're pushing a lot of bits yeah um and then the headsets now i think it's 300 bucks now or it it just got dropped by 100 bucks i don't remember if it's 200 or 300 but it's it's not super expensive so then you know all the balancing and the lenses and like yeah i just i I mean not it, it, I, I felt like I was getting this like really substandard video experience. Like I was going back a couple <laughs> generations is what it felt like. So there, like I said, there are two reasons for that. One is that they're not that really that many pixels in front of your eye. Right. right. Um, and, in kind of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other is that it's, it's kind of hard to do. Um, and you were looking at kind of one of the much kind the, of worst the, games. The best way I could describe it is if you go on your your uh, cable, if you have HD and non HD, and it's mm-hmm. like watch the same hockey game or football game and switch between the two. It right, it's like that. It's, it's kind of jarring. It's that same experience of like, oh, it's fine until you see the enhanced one, and you're like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's kind of like that. that that's that's kind of how I. How, yeah, how I took it. you fade in and out of kind of noticing the pixel, the pixels. So there's mm-hmm. what people call the screen door effect, where you kind of seeing the grid that is the the pixels in front of you, um, and depending yeah. on yeah, I, the crispness right is not like, there. Yeah, it's definitely not there. I mean, this is kind of the first generation of real consumer grade 
tech in yep. this space. So yep. it's it's to a certain extent you're an early adopter, but it's a, it's not. I mean, the I, I think the PSVR is not such a bad experience for, especially with the price point. Oh my god, it's like three hundred bucks. Um, I but, think it's cool but, that you're trying it out and in, in, in seeing some of these different um, sorts of experiments and playgrounds and, and different games. I mean, because you're getting kind of a, a pretty wide <laughs> exposure. No, it's cool because you're getting a wide exposure and kind of get educated on on what works and, and what's what, uh, what doesn't work as well. Yeah. So I, I really want you to, to have to try some of the other games. The only problem is they're not your kind of game. Like, yep. um, and, and a, a couple of them, I'm not convinced are my kind of game. So I love resident evil. It's right. like my favorite, like resident evil one was one of my favorite games ever. Yeah. I know um, that's a big series for you. Yeah. <laughs> mostly a big series. Um, but, I, you know, I love survival horror and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I can finish playing Resident Evil this 7. It's too VR. scary. It is. I mean, it, it's intensely creepy. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's it looks, like being in the horror movie. Yeah. Of. And yeah. it mostly looks pretty good. There are situations where uh, Resident Evil 7 is a really kind of a good looking horror game. Uh-huh. But when you're out in the forest, the 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 trees in, in on regular regular game right like they're made up, they're really made up of planes so you go look at a look at a tree and it's it's a bunch of planes kind of stuck together and you don't notice when you're playing a regular video game because they're you're kind of at an angle mm-hmm. um but in vr if you turn your head and you notice like hey this thing's just a bunch of planes um so that's really obvious but but yeah horror games are they have they're definitely more visceral um, which is why I'm so so crushed that Alien Isolation will never be li- <laughs> released for VR. Um, I heard they're doing a Catan VR. Is that right? Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Did, did I send that to you? I remember this now. I don't know if you did, or um, I know I saw it as well. But I, yeah, I I I think there's potential there. I mean, you you really can't spend hours and hours and hours. Yeah. What's your usual session length? Maybe an hour. Okay. Maybe. Um, I mean, you, you, you've got this thing kind of clamped around your head. It's a little uncomfortable. It leaves a, leaves a little impression in right. your forehead and you look like a dope. Um, Do you try to avoid it at night. Like, does it mess? I mean, is it any other, I haven't, I haven't really noticed it messing with my sleep versus, okay. I mean, any kind of bright light in your eyeballs is probably not great for your sleep. Right. Um, yeah. whether it's a phone stuck up to your nose or right. like, uh, so, but I, I usually have trouble sleeping anyway, and so I, I haven't. It hasn't been worse that I've noticed. How's the sound? So, or is it totally independent from? It's it's the kind set. of independent. Like okay. there's a head jack, there's a like a headphone jack in the okay. the VR helmet. So, um, I occasionally will take one of my fancy, I was going to say <laughs> fancy headphones, and I put my fancy headphones on uh, over top of the thing. It 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 that kind of emphasizes the one personness right that is kind of the vr experience yeah. right so we talked a long time ago um about kind of the social problems with vr and ar mm-hmm. uh and about how you know, kind of some some women and, and female developers are kind of creeped out just by the tech just because they don't want to put something over their face and and get kind of you know get groped in public or something. Well, you're, you're, you're losing real world awareness. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can definitely fall over and that sort of thing, but you're also the, the social experience of having three people on a couch and one of you, two of you are watching a, the other one of you play a video game. It, I feel like it gets a lot weirder when you're literally kind of in your own world. As, as opposed to like all doing a dance game on connect. Yeah. Right. Where definitely. You, like, or guitar hero or, or wherever, right. Where you're, you're still in, 
real world space. But, but even a single player game, right? Like you, you Stacy's watched you play um, uh, Uncharted, for example. Okay. And that can be reasonably fun. I don't, I'm not convinced oh, that sitting on the couch, I see. watching the screen and no. you turn your head constantly, right. nauseatingly, can be anything but a single person experience. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. And so the, which which comes up when you ask about the headphones like okay so right. you can like really block out the entire world and put on high quality headphones and yeah so so related to that are there any are there any online vr so there are yet? um you tried any i have not okay. so i like i said curious what how that well so flies. there there i so i have i have farpoint and farpoint's the game that comes with the aim, that not comes with but one of the games that you play with the aim, aim controller okay. which is the rifle yeah. uh and so i wanted to get back to your your question about the rifle experience right mm. so in farpoint um which does have a co-op so if you want to go spend the money on the vr we could play farpoint together for example i think but this this kind of rifle you basically see your hands, two hands holding onto a rifle in game. Mm -hmm. And if you do certain things, you can kind of get a fade out where you see the controller underneath the rifle, like transparently. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Kind of let you be a little confident about where things are in space and that sort of thing. But they're really not that many. There's the game we talked about last time, uh, which was keep talking, not last time, but a while ago, keep talking and nobody explodes. Okay. Right, which is the game where you you you're you're in VR looking at a bomb and someone's reading instructions. Right. Um, and then there's co-op games like uh, like Farpoint, which has some some online co-op aspect, and then there's Bravo Team. But there's not a lot of okay. there's not a lot of couch co-op. There's not a lot of kind of reasonable. We're not experience. at the point of the Oasis yet. Definitely not. It's super. It just seems like That's an ice- ready player one, just, <laughs> just to not be too obscure. Good job. Good job. Uh, but my point is, is it's kind of an isolating kind of single player experience. It's not, it's kind of intensely unsocial right now. Right. right. Um, with a couple kind of minor exceptions. And I, and I, it's just kind of a meta comment to gaming in general. I feel like I have been moving so much more towards social right. gaming experiences in general that that's another kind of knock for me cuz even when i want to to play something on the on the console i i just with family around and whatever i i don't have the same thing as i did you know 15 years ago mm-hmm. where i'd be totally fine just like dumping 4 hours in an evening into into halo with you know three other people online and just running you know capture the flag or whatever all night right, right? And, and 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 i would just get in that space and that's what i would do and now i'm i'm like i, I I, I try to find things where it's like, what can I do with other people around me and not put myself like, uh, in this isolated, um, you know, I, I was thinking it was like the, the, the quiz show, like mm-hmm. is- isolation booth booth. Exactly. So, right? <laughs> so I try to avoid those things. So, and I feel like, uh, with, with VR, you're, it's, it's both this thing of you're very isolated and you're the one that looks like a goon with a silly helmet on while other people are in the room and it, and they're being normal and you're yeah, like, and they're so, like and so what it, a dope. It, there's just some things where I'm not sure where that, where that really well, what was fits the, in. What was the meme? Like white people with beards with their mouth open or something. And there, there was something mocking VR where it was all just like pictures of white dudes with their mouth open going, Oh my gosh. Oh, and, I haven't seen this one. Oh yeah. It's been, it's, it's been a while, but I, so like I said, I'm, I'm really excited. I got another one for you though. Oh Yeah. 
uh, what do you, what do you, what do you call two or three white dudes? A podcast. Oh God. That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh God. Um, so <laughs> I'm just going to wince for a while. I'm excited. I'm excited about AR. I know I keep harping on this, but I kind of feel like I need to have a, a kind of a minimal understanding of VR, like as a, as a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm just, come on, Apple, ship me, ship me some glasses where you can all play board games by waving or standing around a table. Like I'm not looking through my phone. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, we need, we need to, we need to, we need to crush the goober effect of, of, of AR. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, um, one of the negatives is it's like this intensely single player experience with a couple kind of small, right. um, other. Well, cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to. Yeah, a couple other ones out that, so you've, I, that you filtered for me, and I'll, well, I'll come so, over and try. So I want you to try. So I want you to try one of the ones that actually looks really good. Um, you still have that kind of muddled effect, right? Where it's you don't have that many pixels and everything else, but um, there are a couple of them that look really good, um, mm-hmm. despite that. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting space, and I'm I'm kind of fascinated. So did you did you ever? This this also doesn't seem like your game. Did you ever play? Uh, oh God. House of the Dead. Do no. you remember House of the Dead? Okay. Never mind. Rush uh until dawn, Rush Rush of Blood is amazing if you like House of the Dead. But you don't that's fine. You're hitting all my keywords. You don't like you don't like shooting you don't like shooting zombies. That's fine. It's amazing. You're hitting all my keywords. You're welcome. Dead, blood, welcome. devil, all those Double things. blood, yeah. blood, devil. Devil, blood, dead. Devil, blood, devil. That's it sounds like a game I would play. It used play. to be Diablo. If it was called Diablo, you'd play it. That's it's true. You'd probably play it twice. Probably or three times. <laughs> so where are we today? I don't know. We're in your basement experiencing the new table. The new table. Do you want to talk about the new uh, table? Uh, briefly. I mean, it's it's a table. <laughs> so we finally got our pre-order on the Duchess table from uh, BoardGameTables.com. Um, they had a long and very complicated Kickstarter campaign that uh, the guy that runs it has had. You know, they've had all sorts of issues. He's He's been great, honestly, in terms of communicating and fixing problems and everything and just the delays. But it was a huge, huge project, right? And uh, I think they're finally getting all the... Mm-hmm. All the all the original Kickstarters are out um, at this point. I think we were in the first half of pre-orders. But everything was basically slower and more broken than so why expected. why would you but, <laughs> but, but anyway. you got it it's a kickstarter that you got i mean i it feel is. like i feel it's like true. that's a you gotta you gotta be so happy. what is it so let me talk about what it is so it's uh so we got a table it's got um an inset what is this about i don't know inch and a two inches maybe like a two inch inset yeah, or something about two inches yeah, about a two inch mm, inset inch and a half. uh kind of like you'd have it at a poker table it's rectangular it's about five by three it's got a neoprene like mouse pad um uh, inset thing that flips over it's reversible it's not squishy it's not squishy well that's because the, the woods right below but it is it's, well, so it's, it's very it's, slightly squishy but it's a mouse pad style thing it's nice because the cards pick up you know you're never like mm-hmm. struggling to pick up things on it it's nice for dice rolling etc everything stays in here um <laughs> they don't so, fall to the table don't fall to the table <laughs> which is great my my dining room table is notoriously horrible gaming table which is why this is so good um <laughs> it's not only uneven and has weird cracks in it but it's got a huge gap in the center of it that 
Dyson your, your pieces. Dining, your dining room table, not this fancy, fancy, yes, wonderful yes, table. Exactly. But this came, the chairs are great. I mean, this came with. Oh, I noticed. They're really nice. They're really nice chairs. They, they even Six have chairs. Kind of a little butt depression. They have a the butt middle. depression, yeah. whatever. I'm sure there's a proper name for mm-hmm. that. That's my word. <laughs> yep. It's got this little uh, uh, wing shelf insert, so you can put this inside of the inset part, so you can, uh, you know, put your coasters and your drinks or your snacks mm. kind of here, so they're not. You could have two little games, too. You could have two little games. You could it's you could put it wherever you want, which is pretty cool. It's got um, some cup holders, so yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited about it. the lighting down here is not the best, so I moved this lamp down here to kind of help. Mm. Um, this lamp being some sort of thing. From it's an the, IKEA lamp, it, but it looks like it was made in the '40s, and they're like cans from like a movie set or something. It's a very yeah. It's Right. Definitely trying not to look like it's made by IKEA, but, but it's, I think it. I think it is made by. Actually. That's fair. Yeah. We're talking. We're talking about the table. The we're talking ta- about the table. The table is. Well, I'm awesome. just talking about the whole. So the, there's a thing about just sort of like you know game space to play in. Whether you go to <laughs> whether you go to uh, somebody's house or you go to a store or you go to a convention, right? I mean, there's all those things. If you go to a con and the seats are uncomfortable or the, right. the tables are broken or uneven or whatever, I mean that really affects hard folding chairs and yeah, it affects the whole experience. So, um, the other, the one other feature I want to mention with this is that it comes with these toppers, which you haven't seen, Mm. but it it has really nice, um, two leaf toppers that you put on top. So for instance, the first game we played on it, uh, had some friends, one of my friends was in town from Portland and another buddy of mine was over and me and Stacy and the two of them, we were playing something and then it was time to eat. So we just, and the kids were all upstairs eating. So we had the game in here. In the recessed in, 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 in the recessed area. Yeah. Put the toppers on eight and then took it back off and dun, dun, dun. it was great. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, really enjoying it. And I'm also just, I'm just liking the fact that there's a separate space, you know, that for, for uh, gaming at home. So that's pretty mm. cool. So what do you think? About the table? Yeah. I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty nice. It's, uh, you know, it feels nice. Yeah. It's got a nice lip for me to put my elbows on while I stare at the cards. Um, right. I don't know. And it even has cup holders. So, you know. Pretty cool. Um, and then other gaming news. I got my ticket to BGG Con 2018. That'll be in November again. You excited? Do you have another list of things to try to exchange and or trade and or? Oh, I'm sure I will. Not yet. The whole process, honestly, the whole process for like getting tickets and hotel and everything for this is, it feels like it's 15 years out of date. It's (laughs) kind of terrible. So you have to fax someone. (laughs) You don't, you don't have to fax someone, but you, you do, you're going to love this. You do have to print out this piece of paper with your confirmation number, like your confirmation email. You have to print out uh-huh. and give to someone there. Oh, okay. Like, it's like a ticket. Like a ticket. It's like you, like you can't just look up. You know, whatever. So you do they, have to print do they have out, like, which I find just unreal. Do they have like ten ads on the page that you print out? So you waste all your print inkjet <laughs> paper and no, and, okay. it's not. It's not like that. Um, the hotels sold out in no time. So I got a room, oh, but no. my my. Friends did not get a room, so I think we're actually going to get an Airbnb close by, and it's like ten minutes away. And free up the room for someone, and it'll be a lot cheaper. Yeah, because it's like a three bedroom house. Yeah, so we'll be able to just kind of still have our own, you know, sleeping area and everything. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's so close by, I think 
is not even going to be much of an issue because I don't think we'll even bother with a car or parking. We'll just Uber Lyft back and forth. So. And there's after party, after party at your house. Yeah, that's where you go play extra games, extra stuff. Play, play yeah. Uno because you're so <laughs> tired. Yeah, so that'll uh, you know that'll that'll be happening in November. So that'd be good. Um, hopefully that'll work out. So. Other game we were going to talk about. Um, Speaking of things that make Jason nauseous. And give me a headache. And give him a headache. Oh, God. Innovation. Innovation. This is an older game. I don't know how old. I probably. I, I would like to say that I liked it, and I would probably like it if I played it a couple more times. But the first, the first playthrough, I felt, I felt quite dumb. This, is, this game, I would say, is really a, a love it or hate it. Game. So it's 2010, it looks like. So this is by Carl Chudik. Carl Chudik is known primarily, I would say, for Glory to Rome. This is probably his most uh, most known games. All, uh, another game that he's made recently was Matanai, um, which I don't think you've played, but it's, it's all these like... It's a Japanese. Japanese um, like kites and urns, and, and you're like a craftsman, and you're like making these things. But it's, huh. it's the same type of thing where you have these multi-use cards and the mechanics are kind of convoluted and, and you're just like, <laughs> what am I doing? And, and everything is just kind of emergent and it, it and everything has its own special verb and everything has its own special thing. Yeah. So innovation is a, I guess a tech tree game. I mean, that's how you describe yeah. it. And I think yeah. that's a pretty good way to describe it. You start off in the prehistoric age and it goes all the way up. There's 10 different ages through medieval Renaissance, modern, postmodern information age and and it's a card game and it's a card game and, and you are building up your technology so if you want to think about you know like a, a sieve game that has a texture there's no sieve to this it's just pure technology right mm. you're, you're just putting different technologies down um and and it does have some some strange verbs so you're you're basically <laughs> trying to progress through time you know and you're going to start off uh with prehistoric things like pottery and masonry metalworking and, and that type of thing. And you, you move on, you know, say you get to the Renaissance and you'll have technologies like the printing press, it's that, you know, printing press, or I don't know, you might have colonialism, right? And the game is based, it, it's, it sorts the technologies into five different colors, which I think are kind of representing um, sort of, you know, a military aspect of technology, like a pure science aspect, um, more of a, a monetary or, or kind of, that type of social aspect. Um, one is more of a, I guess like farming or that, mm. that I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, Agri- I'm sure there's agriculture. something agriculture, things like things like that. Right. And they kind of sort themselves into that and the different, uh, sort of categories of technology, they have these icons and, and you're, you're just doing a lot of, you know, manipulating the cards and you're really, you know, looking for different combinations of cards. And what your goal is, is you're attempting to score achievements. There's an achievement available for every age. So like I said, there's 10 ages and you know, you're accumulating points by, by scoring, Mm -hmm. which is, as Jason found, not, it's not, not straightforward, not straightforward to do, (laughs) but you're basically trying to to score cards so that then you can win an age. And if you win six ages, you, you win the game. Right. So basically, so basically you're trying to get achievements and the way that you get achievements is by getting points right. and the way that you get points is by 
doing things with the cards. And so the, the I think the brain hurt for me on the, on this game is just, just that you essentially have to read every card, right? Like yep. they all have this thing called dogma, which is one of the one <laughs> one of the actions. This is the that, only this is the only game that uses the verbs dogma, splay and tuck. It's just we're gonna leave that one alone. Crazy. We're gonna leave that one alone. Um, but but you you do kind of have to read each card because each card you put down has something that you can do with it that's different from all the other cards. That's and right. So it, and they're thematic to some extent. No, it's they're, they're thematic and they they kind of make sense and they're kind of fun. But the cognitive load that you have <laughs> is a little bit high just because yeah. you're 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 constantly doing new things over and over and over. So right, and then every time you're playing a card its interaction both with the other cards that you have and the amount of, you know, uh, light bulbs or factories or whatever that you've accumulated through all of your cards is going to change. So the the game state is constantly changing and you're, you're really on your turn, just kind of looking for that, that best move, um, available. What's, what, what's the part of it that you thought that was, what's the appealing part? Like, why would you play again? I mean, cause you seem like you were like, I was, you know, putting the, table leg on your toe the whole time. You felt like you were in just horrible pain. <laughs> well, so just the, the decision space is, con- is con- convoluted and confusing, right? So, so once you understand your moves, you, you basically have to have the right, I don't know, the board situation to be able to utilize any of your dogmas, right? Because mm-hmm. that's really how you do anything. You, you get the dogmas to work. And I just, I, I, it was kind of a bad role situation. Like I, I felt like I kept getting dogmas I couldn't use in any way that was useful. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they were all kind of related about putting some card back, you know, put, put your cards back and don't get anything like, <laughs> right. Which is good in some situation. Um, or they were, you know, exchange this for your point cards. So you, you actually use your regular cards in game for points. And so it, once you have a better kind of understanding of how to exchange those, I, I think that would have been more powerful. I just, I kind of felt hampered a lot of the time part just from the cognitive load of, of having to keep in mind, okay, I have these five cards in my hand and I have these five cards on top and each of them do a different, totally different thing. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I, mean, I think if you're going to sit there and, and you know, neither of us did this, if you're going to sit there and try to like work out, you know, what is the most optimal, whatever, and really spend a lot of time doing that, it'd be super painful, right? Cause it's just a chaotic it's kind of a chaotic experience. You, mm-hmm. I, I feel that this game is best played. Like, sure, I mean, take a minute to kind of assess what's going on and, and look for a good move. And right, but but don't fret or you know get all pissed because you 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 you're like, oh, I you know I I should have done this or <laughs> or or examining you know every single possibility because in the end there's not that many things you can do at that moment, mm-hmm. right? You're just you're just trying to figure out like what I do is is I'll be like, okay, well I have. I have this card in my hand, you know, I have, I have sailing, you know, is this a card that I, I want to get down and, and take advantage of? And what's that going to do for me versus, is this the card that I'll just, you know, kind of, I'll use this to kind of toss off to exchange or right. return back. Like right. which cards are you using for currency and which cards are you using to propel yourself forward through technology and time? Right. And I, and I think that part's, that part's pretty neat. I don't, I wouldn't say I really ever get a, uh, much of a thematic thing from this game like it, you know i never feel like oh yeah I, you know i mean a couple of the cards a little bit mm-hmm. but it's it's not like a it's not a heavily thematic game no but i think you can make it fun by trying to project onto the the theme right so sure. like 
you know, why is sailing what draw to and meld? I love the verbs in this game. Meld. meld. Yeah. Well, <laughs> meld, that's kind of a classic card game. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Like I used to, um, uh, my grandparents, I used to play Pinochle. All right. And meld is a, yeah. you know, that the, the meld is your, your tableau, right? It's, it's kind of what's in front of you. Okay. It's your points. Um, the art looks like it could have been gotten off of clip art. I'm pretty sure for the most part. Yeah. It's all very abstract. The, the numbers on the backs of the cards are my favorite part, right? So each of the, they're one through 10 Yep. and each of them are different ages, right? And so for the inf- information age, which is number 10, you have a, what are those called? An eight, an eight character or an eight panel, um, the kind of 1970s to eighties. Oh, the, uh, what is that called? I don't know what that that font is called, but it's like the LCD type. Yeah, thing. it's it's like the old LCD yeah. clock, clock sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, the alarm clock. Type. And then you, like, as you go back in time, it's just different. I don't right, know, they each have a my, person on them. Yeah, I I I, I like the art. Um, the the backs are cool. I'm just saying the the fronts are like I'm pretty sure I. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, this is this would not pass muster in 2018 on for card art. Like what? What is expected of games and card games today? Yeah, this would you know, people would kind of be pretty disappointed I'm, with this type of art. People are picky. <laughs> they're just they're I, just picky. I th- I do think that there's a little bit too much on minis and and art and and all that sure. sort of stuff. I mean, it's it's kind of cool, but you know, I'm ultimately about the game. One thing I had is I know I had. I, you know, tried to teach you or Pax Renaissance. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. That's also another like mm-hmm. head hurting emergent tactic mm-hmm. style game. Do you see some similarities in, in some respect of like the, the feel of, <clears throat> I, they're pretty different, but in terms of just like, you know, whoa, I got all this stuff and I'm trying to find things that go together. And Well, I mean, there's a lot of reading in both games, that's right? True. Like in both yeah. games, you're spending a lot of time kind of reading and evaluating strategy based on board words state. that are on the cards and board state. Right. So in, in that they're, they're pretty similar. Um, I don't know. I like the theme. I, I'm a big Civ fan, even though I try not to play it because it can, speaking of things that can suck you in for right. hours. Um, so right. this, this is, this is a way to get a little bit of that kind of Civ uh you know tech tree experience yeah i I could really see you enjoying this like if you if we played this regularly yeah no i I think i think you would like it a lot and i I think it's i think it's i want to say that this is a this is a good two-player game Mm -hmm. this is in my opinion a horrible three and four player (laughs) game it's it's you can play it three or four player but you might as well just throw your cards down and (laughs) yeah it it just feels just so random and i think it really just is not it's just not the way to play it Right. It's because there's just kind of too much to pay attention to. And it's like, oh, who has how many mm-hmm. castles and light bulbs and all the different icons? And you just can't make a plan. Right. Whereas when you and I were playing, I was like, all right, well, I'm, he's generally ahead in factories and I'm generally ahead in light bulbs. And, right. And you can kind of sort of play towards that. And, and I, and I, I think with more people, it just becomes a mess of like, okay, I'm just going to do something. And oh, what happened? Okay. Something happened. Right. Great. Well, so with more people, if you don't do that game theory thing of not game theory, but like search space thing of right. going and looking at everyone's cards and counting all the things and then yeah. like you'll screw yourself, right? Like you'll, you'll do something you think is awesome yep. and then like in one move, give someone a whole bunch of points or something yep. the other, kind of by accident. The other so. thing about this is it's, it's not a good travel game because it comes in a small box, but the space that you need to mm-hmm. play is, is kind of too large. So even, you know, 
it's going to, it's going to take up at least as much room as if you were playing, you know, like a playing magic or something. I mean, right. like it's, it's because you have to kind of spread the cards out and there's 10 different piles of them. So it doesn't really travel well. Um, I, I think that if you're looking for, for a two player game where you have two people that are both going to kind of get into it and, and really get familiar with some of the cards and be like, Oh, I'm, I got this card. I'm going to now go look for mm-hmm. the thing that pairs well with it. It's the sort of thing where like you had a reaction at one point. I don't even know what card it is. You're like, this is the worst card. And I'm like, well, what is it? And you're like, well, it's the worst card for me. Right. And it's that type of a game where if you have the right thing that goes along with it, any card could really be really strong. Right. And, and I think that's what's that to me, I, I like that type of a design where there's a lot of variety and it's about finding the right situation. That's the similarity for Pax Renaissance with me hmm. is that there's no card where it's like, oh, whoever gets that wins. It's <laughs> it's about finding synergy in the cards of like what works together, um, and 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 getting those combos, and and that's and that's a lot of that's a lot of fun. Whereas I think people who like it's not a deck builder, you know, someone who likes Dominion or something where you're going to have a smaller amount of search space of what to do, and you can just hone in on a strategy and be like, all right, I'm going to go for that particular build and just execute it. Um, this is a different type of thing. I, I find that the that games that have that hand management, just sort of turn to turn tactics, are are just a lot of fun. And and like you said, I, I can kind of get into some of the theme, the theme things, and 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 have a good time with like, like you were with monotheism, or, you know, <laughs> the, the different things. They they really work well. Um, and and I like this one, so I hope we play this one again. But I I I think it's definitely rewards if you if you dig into it. So that's innovation by Carl Chudik. I know there's also. I think in the last year they had a release, like a, maybe a big box or something where it came with some of the expansions. I only have one of the expansions echoes of the past, which we did not play with, but it, it did get reprinted um, within the last year or so. Oh, and I think okay. it, I think it came with a couple of the other expansions. Um, I personally don't think it even, it doesn't need it, but I think if we played, you know, if we play like every week or something, <laughs> we might be like, Oh, let's throw in some other, yeah, stuff. I, I, but we're I, not even close. Yeah, I think you'd have to be pretty committed to this game to buy the expansions. Yeah, yeah, so, but that's good. So that's innovation. Sweet. All right. Well, your new table is fantastic. Thank you. Your basement's your basement's pretty nice. It's getting there. You got some nice prints it's coming along. Nice little game related prints on the wall. Yep. I, oh, I wanted to mention that uh, I found out that Portal Two is on Xbox is backward. Compatible, so I have the 360 disc. Oh, so we'll have to pop that. Nice, pop that into the console and give that a shot. Um, so that's that is a way that we can uh, we can try that out. And the other one that I want to queue up, hopefully for next time, is I want to hopefully we get a chance to play uh, a way out, which mm. is a, a co-op game. Yep, and we'll uh, we'll maybe hit on that one. Awesome. All right. Um, anyone. Words. Words are hard. Words are hard. Words are hard. Words are hard. <laughs> Again, just... everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as uh, jkegs, J-K-E-G-Z, and Twitter at K-E-G-Z. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. It would help us out a lot, or Apple Podcasts, whatever they, whatever that's yeah, called. Yeah. But uh, I know we, we have a lot of iOS listeners, so leave us a review. Be would be fantastic. <laughs> if you have any show ideas or or a game that you want to hear about on Xbox, PS4, iPhone, PC, board games, whatever, just drop me a line and we will look into it and be happy to cover it. So thanks everyone again for listening.
Thank you. Our theme music is Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. Check out Lorenzo's Music at lorenzosmusic.com. Context Free is a, is a contrarian content production. Uh, find out more along with our various detailed, wonderful show notes that contain lots of links about pretty much everything we discuss at contextfree.fm. Thanks.